This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. In this episode, I have Ben Honig, a listener, a gentleman that... We've emailed back and forth a few times, asking each other questions. So uh, first I've chatted with him, and it was a pleasure. He's from Iowa, hunter, likes to do a lot of fishing, and that's really where we kind of started jumping into conversation, was talking about my recent fishing charter. Uh, the first part of this episode, we kind of had some little glitches with the phone, so who knows what that was, but I didn't want to remove too much of the conversation but it gets resolved very quickly and before we really dive into any content so stick with it Uh, i'll cut out all the 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 rough parts so it won't be too terrible but it's so if there's a weird transition that's what it is but anyway i want to thank you all for listening and uh, here's a conversation with ben all right ben thanks for jumping on the call uh need you to introduce yourself we haven't talked more than about a minute and a half other than a few <laughs> few emails back and forth so uh let me know who you are and, and let the listeners know who you are yeah so my name is ben honig i'm uh live down here and for a predominant construction and engineering firm here and uh you know, my career has uh, allowed me to kind of take some opportunities in different parts of the country including alaska hawaii and um, Colorado and, and after, you know, 10 years of traveling, uh, you know, back, back home in the Midwest here. So it's really evolved me as a outdoorsman, um, different, different appreciation for everything. So I mostly spend, uh, uh, my time here. Uh, my parents have, uh, I live near my parents here. They have a hundred acre, uh, used to be a pretty good horse farm that kind of backed off after they've retired. So, um, we got hay fields and pasture and timber. So 
get through a lot of my turkey and whitetail hunting here right right out the back door. Um, and there was just a little, I don't know if that was on me, but a little cutout in my phone and sometimes it records it anyway. So, uh, but you had said work for an engineering firm, construction and engineering company. Yep. Got it. Got it. Yeah. As a safety professional. There you go. Uh, so, so you got a little, little hundred acre piece there. You get to do a little hunting on and what, uh, kind of what's your plan with that this year? Uh, well, last night I was just out, uh, you know, had the, the, the weighted pack on just breaking, uh, getting some more, uh, uh, wear in on the boots for this season out in the mountains. But, uh, there's, there's definitely some, uh, some nice deer running around the property, uh, chased out some, some nice bucks in the timber and watched, uh, some graze out in our pasture and in hayfield. So maybe, uh, <clears throat> it opens up October 1st here for archery in Iowa um is it all so probably is, is it true that um i've been trying to talk my buddy into picking up a bow for years not far from you and the, he just focuses on the muzzleloader and the shotgun season is it true most of the big bucks get killed during archery season you know i i got a i got a buddy shot a bruiser a couple of years ago um it's it's the rut right that's that's the archery season gets the rut but um you know i grew up shotgun hunting there's no rifle hunting in iowa uh as of recently though they've opened up they've allowed uh, straight cartridge uh rifle rounds you know two two three rounds uh the 350 legends stuff yeah you, you know you could always shoot with a handgun 357s and things like that but they allow the they allow the straight jacket rifles uh, now for for that. Um, but yeah, shotgun was always how I grew up, pushing and driving deer, um, which was really fun and exciting at the time. But uh, like I said earlier, just getting to travel, watching uh, you know people in Alaska, it's about subsistence, less about trophy. Um, Fill in the freezer for the winter with a with moose or caribou or uh, what have you um colorado you know you get you you get more into a fitness crowd i would say that's for sure back country you know a little bit different lifestyle everybody has a different lifestyle right it's um and everybody has their way of uh of doing it and by no means you know judging them or anybody that you know wants high horseback hunt or you know if you're out there doing it you're out there doing it so yeah um that's yeah, I'll, I'll I'm gonna focus on archery, uh, you know, this year and um, probably sit a little bit. You know, our grounds here don't have any uh, major crops. We we used to have alfalfa, but now it's just brome hay with a little bit of alfalfa. So we're kind of their summer feeding ground. And then once harvest starts around here, the deer will push out of the valley and into the flats to pick up the loose corn and soybeans to start packing up for the winner so i was having a conversation with some some new hunters guys that are and gals that are in my program they're they're really diving into what hunting is all about trying to learn about the whole culture what they like what they don't like and trying to figure out the whole thing and we we were talking about in the south or even east deer drives all of those things running deer with dogs 
that that's okay in a part of the culture there. We do that here and it'd be, uh, not, we're not going to run deer with dogs, but just that different style of things doesn't make it wrong, but it's just a part of that culture and you got to realize some of those differences and it's okay. We can, I like how you said, seems like Colorado is pretty into the fitness and the back country and the public land hunting. And I got to here in South Dakota and I, I heard some of that a little bit negative almost about all people just want to hunt private or public land. And it's actually taking away from people from knocking on doors and doing that hard work and uh, going to do some chores for the the rancher farmer and opening up some of those other avenues. Because I was on a landowner's piece of property today and he was showing me the crop damage that they have. And just along this stretch of river is crazy amounts of deer damage. He showed me in his corn where he said, well, here's drought where you got in the corners where it's a nice gradual slope down to the corner where that corn is short. But then you see this varying steps of it just the corn's high, low, high, low, right in the middle of the field. And it's just this destro- massive area of the deer have destroyed that area. He said every night there's 50 deer in that field. So what's 50 deer going to do, do to that? It's yeah. just like running goats or sheep through there. And just absolutely destroys it. And as we're setting up a tower blind for some of our supported hunts, it's – 90 degrees outside and there was deer running around in the middle of the day at 11 o'clock in the morning in in (laughs) august there's just there's a ton of deer and a lot of those areas that whole area is all private so people aren't in that area it might be a yeah you got to get on some private ground hunting public ground has its challenges of being fit and trying to get away from the road and hiking a long ways in there's something to be said about getting building relationships with a private landowner and and uh, trying to get in with them and doing the work and giving back and that takes some skill and of course some some gonads to knock on a door that's that always takes a little bit extra but and and not to say one's better than the other because I do both I definitely I love the public land and I love the opportunities I grew up on a not grew up but I grew up hunting on a on a pretty sizable ranch in southwest south dakota and it's just i got a little spoiled kind of like what you're saying earlier about nebraska um get a little spoiled maybe it's it get a lot of opportunity there for for uh for harvesting so yeah just some differences and that's that's a fun thing chatting about hunting with with new folks is it it's just all those things that you don't really think about it's kind of fun yeah, and I think the the fact that I go to towards the maybe more the fitness side is, uh, you know, I, I went to Iowa State on a track and field scholarship, and you know, after my collegiate career, um, you know, you're just kind of left with no sports left in your life. You know, it's like, yeah, you play the the Wednesday night basketball league, or you might have a golf league, or you got. Uh, you know, something you, you try to go to the gym, but I just need a, a reason. And, uh, and I think it was about 2015. I, I had moved to Denver, been transferred to Denver and maybe, maybe a little tail ended, uh, into, uh, my Alaska days too, but it was kind of like when meat eater started coming out and I felt like he really uh, shined a pot, real positive light and tried to change that stereotype uh, a negative stereotype that hunters and 
uh, the outdoor industry may have had just because of the, you know, the, the Elmer Fudd, you know, driving down the road, shooting out the window, right. spotlight, and that's what everybody thinks of when they think of hunters. And uh, so I just kind of got more curious. And then, uh, you know, we, we have common uh, common network there with the Wilderness Athlete Group. And, uh, and that's just really resonated with me, that just that name. And from that day forward, I just really started uh, changing my lifestyle to be to be able to go to the mountains any day of the week, right? That that's now my sport and how I stay competitive. And yeah, you know, it's, I, it's nice. It's nice to be in the outdoors. Uh, you know, I one of my things that I kind of uh, you know again not scrutinizing anybody, but maybe opinionated on is trail cams. Like I just I want to know. I don't want to know what's out there. Sure. Like I, I just want the the element of surprise and in this that uh, you know the upbringing and how I was raised to you know read a game trail and and look for sign and be able to put yourself in the best possible position to be successful. Um, yeah, I can respect it's, that. It's just, I mean, and I get it. It's my property. I know this place. Like, I mean, I grew up here. I know every square inch of it and where everything's at, but. And I could respect when somebody's like, I might only have a week to go into uh, an area, and I don't even know if there are deer there. So I need to manage the time. I, I get the element of the use of trail cams, um, but it's one of those things that uh, I just like to do it almost the hardest way possible <laughs> to some people. Yeah, and and that just intimidates uh, a lot of a lot of folks. Yeah, I uh, can totally relate with you on the uh, after after college is over it's just like okay pick up games or whatever but like i couldn't even you, you can't just go up to people and say hey you want to wrestle that's just weird there's <laughs> 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 not even like a pickup thing you can do with that so yeah. i've definitely understood that for sure and and have not ever really been a, a fitness guru like that i i i really can respect the people that that jump into that and really um dig it like yourself and i've had my buddy jason on here before and uh who really that's who i need in my life or those people so then i i get that push so i can i can keep that going or, or get ready for a hunt maybe that's what what was different this year is i just didn't i wasn't living in in colorado to where i was having that uh that accountability not not that push necessarily just a, a little bit of accountability seeing my buddy here and there and checking in it's like hey you were shooting you shooting yeah i shot the other day yeah, or getting invited to to go work out in the morning or something like that just without that accountability and it takes them takes a little bit more uh uh drive um so i i will I won't. I won't let the uh, laziness of South Dakota here, which sounds horrible, <laughs> not what, uh, that I've settled in on. And, and I'm not being lazy whatsoever. I just filled my time with so much stuff. I'm trying to. I, I need to slow it down again so I can just enjoy the things I want to do and not worry about moving into a house, doing house projects. I just want to say, forget house projects. I just want to go and, and do my fun stuff with my family and and focus on hunting and and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, and that, and that kind of translates, I mean, 
uh, you know, even being a safety professional, everybody thinks it's like an OSHA thing and safety glasses and, and, and hard hats. And, you know, it's like, you know, how do you create an environment for people to be successful? Right. That's what, that's, that's your only responsibility. Right. And, and that's the same thing, right? It's like, if you want to kill elk or if you want, if you want to go out to the mountains and kill elk, you know, what, what are you going to do to be successful? Right. You, you can't just, uh, you know, get ready two weeks, three weeks before. It's uh Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. You know, there's a, there's a few podcasts out there that you talk about making it your lifestyle and there's going to be a lot of other things that benefit from it. You might sound obsessed and crazy for elk, but at the end of the day, you know, like I've given up drinking, just kind of got fed up with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't court, wasn't court ordered, didn't find Jesus or anything like that, but it was just, uh, you know, there's, I can do more with my time. And, uh, now I'm sleeping better and I've lost a ton of weight and, um, um, you know, it's just all kinds of great stuff come, uh, with some of those lifestyle changes. Like, and I think a lot of people just, uh, you know, just simply getting into hunting is intimidating, let alone, you know, knocking on doors in heavy public or private land states. And then, uh, you know, your, your fitness is something you can easily control, but most people have no clue where to start. Yeah. I, mine is TV. I've really done cut and I never really watched a ton of TV of any sort or any real shows, but I literally have watched absolutely nothing, uh, except for when my wife and I want to sit down and she's got a series of something that we kind of watch together. But even then it's, it's so limited and I, I found myself trying to find I don't have to find it's there. <laughs> I'm finding some time to, to shoot or train a dog or do some, I don't know. I've got gear prep that I'm doing. So you're not going to like my next episode that I recorded yesterday about, um, fi- I calling it 50 weeks in two. Uh, <laughs> so, wonder where you got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, where I'm trying to come up with a plan for, uh, got two weeks but you needed 50. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing the inverse, right? Yep. <clears throat> yep. So, um, I, it's uh, almost the same though, because, uh, you can ruin two weeks. Like you could, you could say you planned for 50 weeks and you've been buying gear and you've been shooting and going to the gym and, you know, e-scouting and, uh, you, and you get boots on the ground. I mean, you could really easily ruin two weeks and that's like the biggest fear, right? Is pressure you put on yourself to get this done. Right. And, yeah. uh, and like I said, some guys may have a couple weekends and some, some people may have two weeks and there's some guys out there that take the whole month. So I haven't quite found a job that lets me do that. Well, you're going to make me sound like a big pile of crap now in this episode and next, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and that's one thing I, I, I do feel like I is setting me apart from a lazier hunter is that, that I'm always doing something. I am always doing something and 
focusing on bettering myself. Where can I better myself? Where can I uh, learn more about this? I, it's podcast nonstop, listening to them every single day, yeah, watching yeah. some. If I do watch anything, it's it's YouTube and watching some something informational or right. Yeah. Just trying to better myself in some way, just absorb and absorb, absorb, absorb new content. And I feel like that's, I can't remember the last time I actually listened to the radio. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> the only reason I've listened to the radio lately is because I can't find my dongle for my character's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got to find it. Stupid thing. Uh, but yeah, so that, that episode's going on next week or, <laughs> but the, uh, um, the actually i was going to record before this one so it'll be yeah sorry this one's going out well i won't hijack i won't hijack that one too much then. yeah there you go uh but the uh next thing we're talking about okay your fall uh you were talking about iowa a little bit um got yeah, colorado so to start with yep i'll do colorado um i'm gonna do the first two weeks of september um uh, no rhyme or reason just uh just what we picked Yep, I um, love that time. Actually, actually worked out well because uh, got the llamas, and uh, that's the time he had them. So, um, so is that like a renting llamas kind of thing? Yeah, it's uh, there's there's actually llama outfitters out there. I think uh, the most notable would be uh, Randy Newberg's guy, Bo Beatty, there. Yeah, um, up there in Idaho, but uh, um, I. There's one now over in Gunnison. Uh, I used to use one down in Salida until he sold to the guy in Gunnison. And then I just stumbled across this one out of uh, Kremlin. Uh, so that huh. just makes things, because uh, I still like the fitness, but I don't need to kill myself. I can go further without having to worry about uh, do I need to be shooting something uh, and 12 miles back, right? Yeah. Like with, with llamas, you can say, yeah, I can do that. Right, but, but yeah. So after that, uh, you know, October archery will kick off in Iowa, which you know the whole month. <clears throat> there's people that go sit. Um, you can definitely, you know, be in the pasture. The kind of summer feeding grounds for us could definitely catch some deer moving around in the summertime or you know early fall there. Um, but really starts getting that rut really starts kicking up towards uh, the middle <clears throat> first part of November, uh, middle, middle of November. So I'll find myself either staying in Southwest Iowa for the, the whitetail rut, or I'll go out uh, for the uh, Nebraska firearm season, um, which is uh, which is a nice, easy uh, non-resident tag to get. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit in this episode. It doesn't have to be the primary deal, but what's what's the opportunities there? I, I've gotten chatted with a, another guy not long ago about going to Nebraska every year. I I had them send me some information once, and if you're ever looking at other states for listeners, it, that's one really good way to do it is you request a packet of information. I remember I did that Alaska once, and I swear I got a two-inch packet of just stuff. They just sent me uh, all the handbooks and whatever else. I mean, yeah, you can get a lot of that online, but it was kind of nice to get paper copies to flip through and maps and all that. So 
but but what's yeah, so go ahead what's that all about go ahead i was just trying to think of what yeah so i i guess the first disclaimer would be that uh nebraska like iowa and south dakota are very uh private land heavy um you know on the list of uh you know from best to worst they're they're definitely at the bottom however um I, I'm lucky enough to hi, uh, hunt a private uh, private land. Um, it's just a working cattle ranch. Uh, and, I mean, the real deal, it's where your beef comes from, right? It's A lot of people think maybe it's a high fence or some preserve. And uh, western Nebraska is just uh, cattle ranches all over. And a little bit like uh, eastern Wyoming, you got a lot of ranchers that are just tired of the pronghorn or – uh, the wildlife eating up uh, their their pastures or damaging their fences or um, you know getting into their water holes and whatever. So we talked a little earlier about just you know door knocking, and you know I think a lot of ranchers get letters and emails sent to them. Um, where I hunt, they actually had some guys from Wisconsin. Uh, just I think they just pulled up Onyx and found some addresses and just started sending letters. And, uh, and then maybe one person responds, right? So, you know, with the younger generations and, you know, including ours, uh, you know, confrontation and, and, uh, cold calling is not really our forte as a, as a general population of, you know, millennials and Gen Ys, but, uh, you know, sending letters or sending emails is definitely a way to maybe not feel like you're in someone's face or, bothering them in their in the privacy of their own home right yeah and people are are, i don't know i can't say that now they're so much more protective i can't say that because i've only got let's just say uh less than 20 years of knocking on doors for sure maybe 15 well and something like that but they seems like people are so protective of what are you doing here uh and maybe that's just years of being taken advantage of with scams and um i don't know what it is but it it seems like to me that people are can be super protective and and don't want you there but then there's all kinds of people i had a rancher tell me the other day i wish people would just come knock on my door (laughs) where's that guy i want to find that guy (laughs) but i can't i mean you're you're right i mean i think uh you know there's there's people that, you know, they've, they've left gates open on ranchers and they've uh, shot their cattle or they've made a mistake or, and maybe they, maybe they're a little uh, gun shy of letting anybody else hunt. But then uh, I don't know, just today's world. And, you know, I'm, I'm also uh, the TV's hardly ever on. Uh, and if it is on, it's, it's just background noise. But uh you know, if, if you're feeding into the social media and the, the mainstream media, it's, it's scary, right? It's, you can't trust anybody anymore. And, uh, you never know if you're going to get sued if somebody, you know, breaks their leg on their property or something. So, right. but, but I definitely, uh, you know, the, the lands out there, I mean, there's nothing out there. <laughs> yeah. There, there's the, the house we stay in, I think, uh, was built in the early 1900s and, uh, it's, it's, it's been there for a really long time. And, uh, hell, even, uh, Ted Turner has 120 
8,000 acres next to where we hunt. So got his bison uh, roaming around out there. And, um, it's just a really cool place. Everybody thinks, you know, anybody who's driven through Nebraska, they, they drive through I-80 and it's relatively flat, um, relatively boring. But uh, you go north, um, you know, 50, 60 miles up to 100 plus miles, getting closer and closer to that South Dakota border. I mean, those sand hills are, I mean, they're almost mountainous. I mean, they're they're big rolling hills, and it's nothing like eastern Colorado or eastern Wyoming. It's it's unbelievable. So, just an amazing place to, uh, you know, especially for a Midwest hunter who maybe doesn't want to go out to the mountains, but wants that feel of that western style hunting. You can definitely get that in western Nebraska. I've driven through that many times going from my parents to back to Colorado and I've looked at it so many times saying, oh, I want to hunt this. I want to hunt this. This just looks so cool. And even when you look at the aerial uh, imagery of it to see all those sand hills going the same way, just the, the pattern that you see on the imagery is kind of neat. Uh, I like looking at that and someday I, I definitely will. So what's the opportunity there? I, I realize that some of that mule deer hunting can be, and like mule deer is just about everywhere, can be a little bit higher, higher priority or maybe higher, harder to get. But what's the opportunity look like there? Well, uh, yeah. So for non-resident, um, you definitely have to pick your unit. Um, I guess just kind of talking through the process for uh, for the Nebraska Parks and Wildlife or Fishing Game. Um, as a non-resident, it's about bucks. I include your hunt, your hunt license and your, um, habitat stamp. And then it's, uh, it's deer. It's a deer tag. So you can go whitetail or you can go, uh, mule deer and the mule deer tend, you tend to find the mule deer in the hills, in the sand hills, um, whereas the whitetail are, are found around, uh, crops, um, you know, if there's some nicer pastures, if there's some alfalfa, definitely alfalfa, corn, beans, if, you, if you're around those areas. But uh, I would say um, where I'm at, the whitetail population is definitely thriving. Um, the mule deer population is there. They're just in, they're just deeper, right? They're just, that whitetail is basically a domestic animal anymore. Uh, farm raised. It's not organic at all. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're into that, if you're into the you know timber to table, uh, if that's your reason for hunting, right? But uh, um, I mean, it's <clears throat> I got. I mean, I don't have. There's no. There's not really the big bruisers you'd think of, and maybe uh, you know. I mean, that's another conversation in itself about the deer management there. But uh, it's uh, for somebody who whitetail hunts or has whitetail hunted their whole life, like to go out and chase mule deer that close to home is it's just really special, I guess, for someone like myself, you know, and it's just a really cool opportunity to, to get out there. So, um, yeah, the it, there's just something different if, if, you are a whitetail hunter for sure that something different about it and 
similar thing out here in the hills and the prairie prairie for sure is is got that similar style of the more prairie is the mule deer get down to the egg fields and along the river that's where you're gonna get the white tails and very similar to that and you've yep. and man people are so protective over those mule deer they're so protective of them uh and it, it for good reason whitetail can be way more aggressive and they'll push those mule deer out if they're sh- sharing some of those same habitats and i've seen it over and yep. over again yep. um to it just seems like the whitetails are like jackrabbits sometimes or the way jackrabbits used to be when they were everywhere uh but just a, a a fun different species to to chase than the whitetail and i know the whitetail is the most hunted animal or most hunted big game animal in the nation, but people are missing out if they're not wanting to mix it up with mule deer for sure. Well, and, and you're right. You know, I know the, the, the family that lets me hunt their, their ranch there. It's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, it's shoot whatever you want. You know, you're, you're here and you've got a tag and, uh, but I see the white tail be targeted more just because of the numbers and what they are eating. Right. Um, and you're right. The, the whitetail do push the mule deer into the hilt. Um, there's a couple of areas on the property that I can, that I know for sure, you know, you go, you go over this side of the hill and it's got whitetail and you go to the other side of the hill and it's mule deer. Hmm. It's just as that, I mean, just that clean of a line with no, no, uh, it just, complete segregation so that's so weird how that is and suddenly yesterday there's this little two-point muley hanging out around my house like i live in the hills and there's there's <laughs> muleys around uh they're just in more pockets where the whitetails are just everywhere and there's always right. whitetails around but now there's this little two-point muley hanging around i just hope and hope he just becomes this little neighborhood muley and i just watch him for the next few years <laughs> and then i just i won't ever even they're so protected in this area to draw a tag you for a rifle anyway it takes a while you could shoot him with a bow i guess but um it just would be cool to to see him stick around a little bit and get a little growth but yeah yeah they're definitely as a population in the country i know the mule deer are struggling a little bit so uh whether it's the whitetail taking you know food sources or or if that's just uh you know, the, the Midwest, uh, you know, 15 inside 20 years ago, got hit hard with, uh, chronic waste disease, uh, the Kansas EHD, areas area. got the blue tongue and yeah, the EHD hit, hit, uh, hit a little bit, but I think the mule deer got the blue tongue and the white tail got the EHD and the, the chronic waste. And, uh, so Nebraska has got some check stations for that stuff as well. And, but I mean, just around here, uh, you know, the deer are thriving. They're, they're back. You know, it's the, the, the big deer here, the land of giants. So, you know, I was always, uh, uh, you know, nicknamed, but, uh, brave anglers search for the one they call King, but who will take his throne? Tune in to waypoint TV's battle for silver Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 PM. Eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint TV. Um, no, I, I, I love going out there. Um, first time I got to go out to Western Nebraska was just North of Halsey. And so when you talk about public land opportunities, there's, there's a few state parks, national parks 
uh, with some good size. Uh, Halsey National Park uh, is, is where a lot of people go. Now, uh, what the numbers look like, if it's crowded, uh, what people are doing, the style of hunting, um, that's for the listener, whoever is interested to, to figure out. Um, but I just know that some of those towns during rifle season are like about every other Midwest town during, during the a firearm season, you know, the gas stations full, the cafe, the cafes full, the, uh, the, the orange army is here. Right. Yeah. And there was, there's always a little, there's a piece of that that I really like. Cause that's yes. kind of how I grew up hunting where it's that culture yes. of, uh, there was this little junction in hot Springs, South Dakota It's called Maverick junction. And it's not there anymore. We would go do our morning sit somewhere, look over a field to go climb the hill and look over a draw, whatever it is. And it'd come back down, uh, meet for breakfast go to Maverick Junction or eat at the home place and have breakfast. Then we'd go on a drive or we'd go chase deer and go find them wherever they're at. And after that, it'd be uh, another sit for the evening. And it just was an all-day thing of let's go hunt. Let's go hunt. And that, yeah. was, that was just always fun for me. And then growing up into adulthood and moving to Colorado to experience that public land stuff was a whole nother learning experience versus what I had in Eastern South Dakota growing up was there's the public land was crap. <laughs> the public land was, <laughs> was not good around there for big game for deer hunting. I've, I don't think I've ever even rifle hunted East river. Uh, it, it's really great. And there's monster deer over there and we're on the border. We got Iowa right there. There's really good deer mm -hmm. there also. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just hard to get on it. And nowadays too, there's a lot of paid for hunting. So, uh, but I do have, when I go back to, for Christmas and things like that, I'm working on some, on some little places just to have one place. That's why I'm trying to tell some landowners here is I, I, I did a little drive and found a, found a few places and said, Hey, I don't, I might be here once a year. Would you allow me to archery hunt? And when I'm back here in the summer, I know how to fix fence. How's that sound? Something like that. And I'm haven't put it into practice yet, but I got it all lined out. I got my waypoints dropped everywhere. I got a letter written. I got, uh, the addresses ready to send it just cause I, I also don't live there. So it's hard to spend a day to go driving around knocking on a door, just like you were saying earlier. But, well, and I think too, you know, with, uh, you know, my, my friend and his family where I, where I get to hunt at, um, you know, he's a coworker too. <clears throat> and uh you know we uh i mean i would do it regardless but it's like you know once you get that you kind of you kind of talked about it with fixing the fence and stuff but it's like once you get the access um you know show up more than just you know a week or something before the hunt season or check in once in a while with with the person that maybe is giving you access or throughout the year and uh, like I'll go out branding, like I'll go brand calves, uh, with, with them out there, uh, done in Kansas with them, done it at the ranch there in Western Nebraska. Uh, you know, we, we dropped a big tree in his backyard last summer and we, we did some concrete steps. I mean, it's just, you know, he, he comes down, uh, he comes, uh, on trips and I mean, you just make them part of your, 
your life, right? It's it's uh, not just the guy who shows up. Hey, it's time to hunt. Can I go? Mm-hmm. You know, and try to try just to offer, make it a two way relationship, and um, you know, a little give and take there because uh, you're definitely taking more than you're giving in some cases. Yeah, and that's that's the goal for this next year for me is slowing things down at home, like we were talking about earlier. Slowing things down at home so you can just do things like that. Instead of trying to remodel a stupid room or something (laughs) (laughs) that just costs money for what? Just so the room looks a little nicer. I don't know. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, you're the one that thinks the room looks bad. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with it? I know. I know. Uh, Moving into this new house, it was more like, okay, let's not have water coming to the basement. That's let's just have that. (laughs) (laughs) and i had my gear room and my office here my recording room all set up so nice it was perfect and then water filled it and i was like you gotta be kidding me so i anyway that's a long angry story sounds like you need a break yeah so i'm going to colorado Uh, same time you are (laughs) any uh any reason why you like that beginning i know that worked out with the llamas and everything do you like that beginning of the the season you know, that's one of those like million dollar questions where I think, uh, I know I'm setting you, know, you I'm squinting the, my eyes the, as I'm asking this. Cause I'm the best answer, uh, I've heard is go hunt, just go hunt. Right. If you can, if you can go during the moon phase, go during the moon phase. If you're, if you, if you gotta go Labor Day weekend, go Labor Day weekend, but just go. And, uh, I would say that. I picked the first two weeks just to avoid the full moon. I think it's like on the 18th or 20th and, uh, and the muzzle loaders, right? So it, it'll just be archery hunters and probably some recreational hikers and campers, you know, it's public land, but, um, that just seemed like the, the best time to go. Maybe take advantage of the elk, um, looking for those cows, maybe a little bit more cow calling than, than bugling. I'm terrible at bugling. I sound like a jazz musician playing a trumpet, <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm from Paxton yep. wakes the dog up when, during her nap. But, uh, you know, in, in my, I guess my, uh, my like, uh, disclaimer is I'm the seven year, seven years of a struggle elk hunter. So, I've never shot an elk, but I've done this back. I picked this backcountry thing and, uh, it's just kind of chipping away year after year after year. And I've had some great success finding them. And, uh, one year I actually found them and missed the shot. Um, last year, but it's been basically blizzards and weather that pushed me out. I've been going a lot of second rifle season in Colorado. And, uh, so this year my, my main goal is, uh, also archery. So the weather should be, should never be an excuse, right? Um, <laughs> that time of year. Well, who knows that last year if you were out in the beginning, it was 80 or 90 degrees and then 14 inches all within like three, four days. <laughs> it was the biggest temperature swing ever. And I had my lightweight tarp that I was like beating snow off of. I, I wasn't. Someone told me, warned me, someone warned me, hey, get ready, get ready. It's like, ah, there's nothing on the radar, <laughs> nothing on the radar, it's fine. And yeah, that led to 
a wet snowy day and the elk shut off and the truck that I had to leave there for a week and whatever else. <laughs> but it was fun. We kept hunting through it and whatever. I uh I I totally am on board with you there. Always avoiding the muzzleloaders. That that is my one of the biggest reasons why I pick the beginning. Um as w- but first importance is their activity. I love what they're doing that time of year. Uh I I watched a few years ago this one six point bull. He was with cows at one time, alone another time. And ability to call them in at that time was was so much easier, it felt like, versus when you got those big bulls hanging out with their cows and at the end of the September saying, I'm not going to come to you. I got cows right here. Why would I break away? So it's just I argue that all day long, and I I think some of the, the argument is that, well, they're not talking, they're not talking. I've heard them in August. I've got them on camera bugling in August, end of August, and September 1st, bugling their heads off. If you find the right herd of them and you're not in the the trailhead with a thousand people while bugling at them, then <laughs> you can you can find them, and it's a lot of fun. That's that's my absolute favorite. And one thing I I'm glad you said it because I never look at the moon. I, I think that maybe the whitetail hunter and you coming out there. I I I maybe that I'm just horrible at that. I never look at the moon, <laughs> so yeah, maybe well, I, I think- should. I think it's more about, uh, you know, just the fact that they're, you know, they're, they're going to be out grazing, you know, at night and it's definitely a whitetail thing, but I think, uh, you know, if you got a full moon and, no, it, and they could be true. out there and they're going to be out there and, you know, you might get them out in midday, but, um, after a late morning sleep in, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, it's like, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not ready to, I don't know, geek out on that. Um, I'm focused on, I'm quite frankly, I'm still motivated, but, uh, it, I mean, if you'd sit here listening to me, you'd be like, man, this guy knows how to, how to hunt or maybe, I don't know, maybe not, but knows what he's talking about. I feel like I know what I'm talking about, but, uh, I don't have, uh, I don't have a punch ticket to, you know, if that's what people call success, then that's, that's their prerogative, but, Oh, um, that good I, old, I just enjoyed, that I just good old enjoyed the adventure, <laughs> that good old <laughs> conversation that, uh, I had with Jim Shockey, the success yep. of that was what, a great, great interview, by the way. Good oh, job. Oh, thanks. Thanks. That was a that was a fun You're sweating bullets. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and afterwards he invited me to uh to uh he gave me a personal tour in his museum. So I was pretty stoked about that. Uh great. but no, he that I think about all the time. I think about that all the time. And I I think something happened in the last three years and maybe that has to do with being a dad i don't know um my archery game picked up a little bit with having a having a kid or maybe i just matured a little bit uh caring less maybe just having that it's not that i don't care uh going into those archery shoots or whatever with just a different mindset of i'm just here to have fun um and same thing with the my hunting I've got a buddy that puts so much pressure on, on the, the filling, the tag, it, it, it drives me nuts, uh, that we don't really hunt together, but it's, uh, it, it's so much different. I know I'm going to go drop and you're going to go drop 700 bucks on this tag 
here pretty soon. And yep. if I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I don't have quite two weeks. I got seven, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <clears throat> eight days somewhere in there um and that's gonna be a great time if i'm hunting that entire time i'm pretty stoked about it, excited about it it'll it'll work out yeah and that's and that's my goal uh is just to be out there hunting the whole time um with with no excuses for whether um uh, you know obviously early in my uh elk hunting it was about the fitness level right and pack in everything but the kitchen sink in your pack and stupid little mistakes like that. But, uh, no, it's, uh, I just, like I said, I enjoy being out there. I mean, just the spring turkey hunt, um, just strutting, uh, side by side. I mean, it was awesome to watch and bubbles and hand clucking all over, you know, and I'm just sitting in a cedar bush behind a big log in my turkey chair and I just kind of have this like epiphany, like I'm good. Like, do I really want to pluck a turkey? Like, I, I'll take the meat, but I'm just sitting here going, "This is awesome, right? This is sitting here on my property in the back forty, and uh, I just got turkeys everywhere." And yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, like, the, you're right. It's just something about uh, just being out there, and it's kind of like just knowing uh, you got it, you got it figured out, and everything's going the way you want to, but. Um, just gotta make the shot sometimes. Yeah. Well, and, and Jim put it back into, uh, focus there for me is it's not that you're not trying hard. I mean, he told me what his next goals were of trying to get, uh, another Boone and Crockett of, I can't remember what the, what the slam or what the North American, whatever it is. Uh, but so you got to work to do that. You still got to work and, and you're not yeah. just walking, taking your gun for a walk or your bow for a walk, but that, uh, like you said earlier is the, the misery. Some of your greatest experiences and memories are just pure misery. Uh, oh yeah. Doing something absolutely stupid, stupid or discomfort or, uh, putting on frozen pants, frozen boots, frozen whatever, it, it adds to that experience and makes you tougher, makes you better in the end. Well, and, and you know, I think if you're going to feel superior, it's just, I remember uh, up in Alaska, uh, my buddy and I were, it's like a, it's like a Wednesday afternoon. We're just driving, uh, driving the, the Glen highway and heading out to uh, Chistochina, Alaska, which is basically closer to Canada than it is Anchorage. And we're just like, dude, we're just, we just picked up a couple caribou tags from the gas station and we're just heading out on a long weekend. Like hmm. people pay thousands of dollars for a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're doing this for, for fun. Right. You know, like it's that kind of, you know, you don't have to be cocky or snotty about it. It's just like, just really appreciate that what you're doing, most people never do or never think about or never think they could do. And uh, just do it, man. It's And then once you're out there, like, you're out there. I would, so then, when we went that's, to... That's, that's that two weeks, uh, that's that 50 weeks of preparation, right? Yeah. 
And so I've totally got you misquoted in that episode. <laughs> the, your idea of the 50 weeks of preparation for two, I totally took that out of context. <laughs> so here's the, here's the correction. Um, but I was taking my method of what I got to do now and put two weeks into two weeks instead of 50. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but when I was walking around in uh, Boston the other day, uh, on vacation or wherever we were at. Um, I think it was Boston walking around there. And I told my wife, like, there is no green anywhere. There's no green and weirdos everywhere, (laughs) (laughs) including the two, uh, weird kids making out in the cemetery. I thought that was odd in the middle of the day, but, um, just, there's no green. And we came up to this little park. There was a nice little green park, but there was hundreds of people in this little thing. And I told her, I was like, this is what is there. Hey, let's go do something outside. This is what their experiences with that, because you'd have to drive a long ways to get out into something or there's no yeah. public land to go on or there's no real parks. It's a, uh, so for all of those city dwellers getting out away from that, it's got to be just a difficult thing to do or that's just not available uh, for for any of those folks growing up in that kind of... That's why I hate, that's why I hate like really nice days in the wintertime because I'm just like, I just want to do winter activities for six months or, or four months, whatever it turns out to be. Like, don't give me a nice day because by the time I think of something to do, it's too late to do it, you know? And you can't really commit to, you know, doing something nice during the winter time, like you can't go like, Hey, we should go golf and the course is open. You're like, no, it's not golf season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, yeah. yeah. What else? Anything? Uh, that, yeah, that, I better, uh, get to my family a little bit this evening and get the kid to bed. But, um, yeah, that, that, uh, covers kind of the topics I want to talk about and really just talk hunting. That's the whole point. So, um, appreciate you jumping on the call and and uh i'll uh, make my correction before i publish this episode here yeah, in a minute it's about it's about thinking about hunting for 50 weeks and then trying to get it right in two weeks <laughs> yeah so you'll have to listen and tell me where i hit it where i didn't hit it ah it's all good nobody <laughs> nobody listens to you anyways exactly nobody does <laughs> i don't i don't do enough work or pushing to to really get any any really listenership so, so. are you uh are you still recording oh yeah i'll shut it off say, so. i was gonna say shut it off and then uh uh where are you going to uh where are you going in colorado that's Did you a, draw this year? That's a perfect spot right there, listeners, to cut you out. So <laughs> <All right. laughs> that's why I said are you recording? <laughs> yeah, done. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.